It's not Nuno. And it won't be Nuno for the next three days. I'm Ryan Broniger filling in for David Nuno. This is Texas Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. I'm inside the Rollo Insurance Studios. Nuno on a little bit of a leave of absence. Not leave of absence. I said that wrong. Take a little mini vacation. Miniature vacation to Miami. And it's funny, he was on the treadmill next to me yesterday, a couple days ago. And, by the way, this is Owen Buchanan. If you aren't familiar, this is the Go Hour, presented by? Uh, CNC Creations. Maroon U at CNC CNC Creations. Creations. Maroon never looked so good with Maroon U. I was on the treadmill next to Nuno the other day, and he was, I think, probably trying to get ready for his trip. He's talking to his family in Miami. I don't want to. I don't know if it was personal. I don't know. He's going I was for a just, wedding, right? He is going for a wedding, um, and he begins speaking to whoever. I'm guessing a family member on the phone, and it was crazy how he was going back and forth from English to Spanish oh, in yeah. mid sentence. Oh, I, I live with that every day. Irma does that. Yes, but mid sentence. Yes. It was legitimately half the sentences were broken up in 50-50 probably. You can go down to the real Grand Valley and turn on the radio and the DJs will do that. See, I've not – that was new to my ear. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm used to it. Uh, Earl will do that all the time. She used to only talk Spanish when she was talking crap on me. <laughs> like I couldn't figure out. But then I, I started figuring out more and more words. And, that, and then she got to where she didn't care. And now <laughs> – She says it in English Yeah, now. she does. Yeah, but she'll be – yeah, it's 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 hilarious. She'll be talking to like her sisters, and next thing you know, it's in Spanish, then it's in English. It's like turning the channel between you know, I don't know what's the Spanish channel, Telemundo, Telemundo, and whatever is back. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, I even if my Spanish was up to the level where I could hold a conversation back and forth with anybody that's a native speaker. I don't think that I could flip on and I think that is going to have to be like a career or a lifetime. I said career, a lifetime Spanish speaker that also has learned English from a very early age. Like I don't think you learning Spanish in your thirties to the point where you are able to have conversations. Yeah. I don't think that translates into back and forth mid sentence. Anyway, I was walking next to him. I was could not. It helped me when I was on the treadmill because I wasn't focused on how tired I was. I was like, this is truly fascinating what I'm witnessing here to my left. I like to listen to, uh, on occasion, maybe a lot of time replay, to the Spanish broadcast of like the A&M games or the Cowboys games when mm-hmm. I was a kid. When I was a kid, I'd be looking for the game, the Cowboys game up in Dallas. I'd hear, you know, blah, 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 Roger Staubach, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, okay, Roger did something. Um, that, ladies and gentlemen, on a Thursday morning is Olin Buchanan's Spanish impersonation. Well, I mean, I'm not going to try to speak Spanish. Yeah. Um, but you said, ah, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I know habla means speak. speak. Yeah. <laughs> um, speak, speak, speak. Roger, stop. <laughs> um, and I wonder if the game had been broadcast in Spanish last night. What a segue. How do you say boots in Spanish? I should know that. I know. El Boots? I don't know. Zapatos is shoes. Okay. I, you know what? I should have asked the wife before I left this morning. We she was have. still sleeping. And you know what? I don't know who's running the show back at the mothership. I apologize for not getting in touch with you before. But maybe we mix in some boots 
themed music. Bota. Bota. That's how you say boots. Bota. Bota. Our resident Spanish speaker, Nick Savage. I had no idea. Are you you from San Antonio, Nick? No. He's from Houston. Oh. Yeah, I'm from Sugarland. Maybe I'm thinking about Nick's predecessor, Sam. Sam might have been a. Nick. Yeah, Sam is from San Antonio. Nick is from Sugarland. Did you go to Sugar Mill Elementary? No, sir. I went to uh, Travis in Richmond. Oh, okay. Well, I thought he was the Sugar Mill Sparklers of Billy Lucci fame. Mm. Uh, regardless, botas, lots of, I want a lot of bumper music with boots in it. These boots are made for walking. Yeah, what else? Uh, whose bed have your boots been under? Oh, God. Are you, what? Uh, you don't like Shania Twain? Not really, no. But you know, go, I dated okay. a girl in college that looked like Shania Twain, only yeah. she was a little shorter and her face was different. Yeah, <laughs> everything else was just the same. Huh? <laughs> 79-63, Texas A&M goes on the road last night to beat the Auburn Tigers in the jungle. Ends the Tigers' 28-game home winning streak. We're going to get into a lot of that today. We're going to have OB here from 8 to about 9.30. Billy Lucci is going to call in um, at, at 9.30 for those final two segments in the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, and then we'll have Tat Bentz and Logan Lee in the 10 o'clock hour as well as the fan show. So we're going to get to a lot of Aggie hoops mixed in there in the uh, as we always do on Thursday mornings, we will have Stephen McGee do a little buy-sell lease, and that's bullcrap. So we'll have a little bit of football here on this 8 o'clock hour, but the majority of the show today is going to be dominated by what happened on the hardwood last night. you got a baseball guy that covers football talking basketball, so I'm going to kick a lot of stuff to Olin because he's covered this team from day one. Obviously, Tap and Logan, their expertise in this, and then Billy's kind of overarching themes on what he's seen over the last probably month or so with Buzz's bunch in this basketball team. So, Olin, let's start with big picture from last night. 16-point win on the road. What does it mean? You know, Buzz always says, you've put yourself in a position to be in a position. Considering all that happened early in the year with the non-conference losses, what does last night's win mean? Uh, I think it means that you're going to be in the NCAA tournament provided you don't collapse. I mean, you still got work to do, but it, provided you don't have just a complete collapse, you know, I'm saying you still stay competitive. They said before the year, hey, we think we got to go 12 and 5, I mean, 11 and 5, 13 and 5, maybe 12 and 6. I think it's one of those things if you get to 12 and 6, and even say to have a chance, if you get to 13 That's and 5. That's 6 and 5 the rest of the way. If you get to 13 and 5, okay? okay yeah. Uh, even with what you did before, you're in, I believe. Hey, you're Martin. right. You're right. That was the biggest win of the year, bar none. I think looking at it right now, that's easy to say. But you have to go back at the end of the year and look at it within the context of what happened after that. Well, so, I think Auburn's still going to win a lot of basketball games. I do, too. I was a little underwhelmed. Now, I like, was it Wendell Green? Yeah. Big fan of his. He was huge in the tournament against A&M last year in the SEC tournament. I like his game. Uh, I thought the A&M Bigs did a great job of getting Broom kind of uncomfortable and out of what he wanted to do. But, it, and we can get into, like, what I personally saw. And, and like I said, I'm a baseball guy that covers football watching a basketball game. Uh but I did want to talk about what you said about their going to the tournament. That was a huge bump up for them in all the tournament metrics. Everyone. 
to up Quadrant to 36 and Ken, to Ken Palm, yeah. uh, 43 in the net. I think that was a 14-point jump in the Ken Palm rankings. Yeah. You're uh, on the road, a ranked team that um, hadn't lost at home in 28 games, you know, every, all kinds of things. There's no way you can and, – and you didn't just – you know, had a nice game and and got lucky. You know, had a late shot. No, you, with the exception of a ten point run in the first two minutes of the game, you controlled that game. Well, the the Aggies led for thirty of the forty minutes. You're right; they were down ten to two. I think Buzz called a timeout mm-hmm. two minutes and twenty seconds into the game. May have been less than that. But it was about that time, about two minutes and twenty yeah, seconds. It was about seventeen thirty six, I think. And I think. So the Aggies then, from that point, outscored Auburn by 23 from that 10 to two start, and I believe there was like a 21 to five run. Maybe there was some. There was yeah. a huge stretch in the first half where they were clearly the more dominant basketball team. Oh, the whole the, the whole first half, except after once they were down 10 to two, they started chipping away, and consistently though, and Auburn would make it a basket and and put a little bit of a little bit of uh, a space between them, but A&M just kept coming back and then got the lead. Went on a 15-2 run. I remember that. That's what I think it was, yeah. And to get like a seven-point lead, and then Auburn, you know, answered a little bit, and then A&M goes on a, a, another run and closes the half, I think, 7-0 to close the half. Anderson Garcia coming off the bench, gets a big steal and a jam, and, you know, dunks it and gets an and one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you take a 15-point lead at, at the – um, at the half, and then you know that Auburn is going to come back in the second half, guns blazing, you know, it, and A&M w- withstood that charge. It came. They got it down to eight, first to nine, and then Boots hits a three. Buta with the tre- with the Bota. Bota with the tray, with the tres. Con el tres. And then, uh, uh, then they get it down to eight, and A&M makes nine of ten. At the free throw line with Boots Radford getting a lot of those. And it's been such a story for A&M this season, getting to the free throw line and then the ability to convert that into points. And I do. I think you brought up Anderson Garcia. We need to get in to the way he played, the impact he had last night. I also think huge minutes from Andre Gordon off the bench whenever Wade Taylor got into foul trouble. But the story of the night, Tyrese Radford, 37 minutes, 30 points, 8 of 17 uh, from the field. Three of seven from three point, uh, nine rebounds. Tom Hart tweets after the game, potential SEC player of the year if he keeps playing at that level. Well, if he keeps playing at that level, yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's a pretty high level to mm-hmm. maintain. I, you know what? I, I'll take 13 to 15 from Boots every night. He did such a good job, and the AM guards, I thought, did a good job of working high ball screens and getting into the lane. And I think because they had so much success behind the arc early, mm hmm. I think that allowed to open them up. We'll have to talk to Logan and Tap, guys that see the bat, the game of basketball a little bit different, a little bit better than we do. But I thought as the game got on, and like you mentioned, when Auburn was able to kind of cut into the lead, but they never got it to within two baskets. It was like they'd get it down to, to six. Never or to got seven, closer than eight. Eight, and then A&M would stretch it back out to 12, 14. And then they'd get it back down to 10, and A&M would make the next two baskets. So the maturity that that took on the road – you had they played with like a real low heartbeat, low pulse rate. They were under control in that environment, and we'll talk a little bit later about the jungle and what that is, and the uh, 
the atmosphere that they create, it feels a little gimmicky to me, but they've, they've won 28 straight at home. Yeah. But So for A&M to do that and keep just a real steady heartbeat, didn't get too high, didn't get too low, they just kept playing, I thought that showed a ton of maturity. And I think, to go back to your point about them getting into the tournament, is if that's the level of maturity that they're going to play with throughout the rest of the year, and I think we've seen it especially during conference play, if this is who they are, very confident that they're going to finish out this conference slate in a necessary fashion to get them to the big dance. Well, I mean, I I don't think there's a game that you go into now you're thinking uh, they can't win this one. You know, there were some games you were thinking, oh, they're probably not going to win this one, probably not going to win this one. And now you're like, man, this this team, they're playing such good defense. If the offense shows up, they, they win. Yeah. You know, because they play such good defense. And they didn't even have a great defensive game last night compared to what they've done before. I mean, Auburn scored 30 points in the first half. Nobody's done that. I mean, 30 points, you'll take that every sure, game. Sure, every time. Right? But, but they've been holding you know teams under 20. What was it? Florida was well under 20. I think it was Florida the one with 12. 12, and Mizzou was... Uh, South Carolina had 18. 18, that's what it was. And right. Mizzou, they, had, they, they were kind of like Auburn last night. They came out scoring. Kobe, that, Brown, Kobe Brown had like 10 points. And then A&M just turned off the spigot. Yep. Last more. night they took some machetes to that jungle. A <laughs> lot more to get Asian to. Obi's on one. He's he cracking jokes. So come back for comedic relief. However you got us tuned in, tuned in this morning, we appreciate that you're listening along with us. We'll be right back on the other side of the break. You're listening to Texas Radio. We're presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. You keep saying you got something for me. Something you call love, but confess. Confess, I didn't think you could swear. You've been a messin' where you shouldn't have been a messin'. In the jungle. And now someone else what? is getting all your best. The Aggie's got his best. <laughs> I never saw him walk. <laughs> I saw him walk off a winner. I think one time they called him for walking on a drive, and it's, I thought he got fired, but I'm bi- uh, I mean fouled, but I but I'm biased. Doom, 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 doom. Ryan Broninger with Olin Buchanan, a.k.a. the newest member of the Migos, and his ad-libs for songs. The, the who? The Migos. You okay. know who the Migos are? Uh, I know what Migas are. Migas are delicious. Yes. Migos, it's short for Amigos. Okay, well, I can figure that. Yeah. And they're a rap group, and they became popular by – they were one of the first groups to put ad-libs in their songs. So as, uh, that, as that song was going, between the lyrics, you had little snippets – they were really the first people to start doing that. Uh, I, they did it with sounds and words and that kind of thing. I, so I had no idea. Welcome, Olin Buchanan, to the Migos. I want. And if somebody to... could Thank perhaps you, Photoshop Olin into the Migos <laughs> while we're on air, and we could get it on the big. What screen. is it, man? Ever since Gabe left, ever this show's all about rap. I don't know. You're I, talking about Migos. Well, you thought it was Migos. D- David's talking about Bad Bunny. Well, that's there's some bad Migos. I don't, I don't know if I love anything as much as David Nuno loves Bad Bunny. Uh, Texas Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers inside the Rollo Insurance Studio, talking a lot about Texas A&M's 16 point win over the Auburn Tigers last night on the hardwood, a road win against a top 15 team. Aggies make a big jump into the from the in their Ken Palm rankings and as well as their net rankings. 
Uh, right now, you'd have to look at it as things stand in the SEC. And Nick, I'm pop those standings up there uh, if you can when you get a second. Um, getting a little crowded toward the top. Uh, yeah. One through four. Alabama undefeated in the conference. Tennessee at seven and one. The Aggies at six and one. Auburn at six and two. And then you got Kentucky and Florida there at five three. I watched Florida play ahead of A and M last night against a just decrepit South Carolina team. They're so bad. But Florida's kind of figured themselves out, and A and M's got a uh, season sweep over the Gators. That should look good going forward, uh, especially if Florida continues to play at the level that they're at. How all this shakes out at the top. Um, is there anything that surprises you about kind of where how the standings look right now, Olin? Yeah, A and M. Well, yeah, it's three. Sure. That's that's the surprise because uh, you know when I was watching them in December, losing to Wolford, I thought, man, this is going to be a long season. And but I also would remind myself, Buzz Williams teams. Typically figured out, figured out, but it's usually at like mid February they start figuring out and go on a roll, and they've got it figured out and they're on a roll now to a certain extent. And again, we don't know; it's hard to say things that are comparative to seasons past because we don't know what the rest of this season is going to look like. True, but I think it's safe to say that the sum with this team is greater than the individual parts, and it has a little bit. And again, who knows what's going to happen going forward? It feels a little bit like last year's Aggie baseball team. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I haven't put, I haven't made that connection, but they yeah. were just so poor early, and you're going, what happened? Like, now, where did, did that baseball team finish in the Final Four? No. no. So you heard it here first, Ryan Bronner, A and M to the Final, Final Four. Four. It has just that feel, and it's a lot of older guys, yeah. some new Transfers. faces in Marble and Dennis that seem to fit the culture really well. And I do want to talk about both of those guys. But nowhere, I think, is the buzz culture more evident than in the progression and what we've seen in the last few games from Anderson Garcia. And if he can be – Another transfer. Another transfer, Right. If he has any kind of offensive ability or he gets any kind of confidence on the offensive end based off what he's done on the boards and on defense, I think he's not stealing minutes anymore. He's coming into the game and making a difference. Well, I think uh, in the last – well, maybe not the Kentucky game. I can't remember anything really. But I remember he made a – he had a big mistake, but he made a big block shot on uh, Colin Castleton, huge mm-hmm. block shot in the last minute, mm-hmm. huge. Uh, and then last night, he, you know, you know, you, you know, usually when he's out there, you think, okay, they got it. Not just him; they're backups. Okay, hopefully they can just hold the line. They don't that that lead they've got. Hopefully it doesn't it doesn't uh, it isn't reduced too mm-hmm. much. Doesn't decrease too much. But man, he went out there and he helped him extend the lead. I talked about the the steal and dunk and and one he had just before the half. But you know, he just went out and played good bad. He's not a star player, but he's got a role. And um, he comes in for you know the bigs, gives them mm-hmm. a, a break, and he is really flourishing in his role right now. Yeah, and I think to go back what I said last segment about the maturity of Six the team, rebounds. sure, and. You have to have 
guys, when you're not the most talented team on the floor, you have to be, Buzz says, they're the most together. But you've got to be the most mature. You've got to play the smartest. You've got to be the most intelligent whenever you are behind in talent. And to Buzz's credit, he's he gets it out of his team, and he's getting it right on that end. These guys, it takes maturity to understand what your role is within a team. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? And I think I mentioned Andre Gordon. I think Andre Gordon has found a role in this team, and he really flourished in it last night with Wade Taylor in foul trouble. He didn't blow up the stat line, but he only played one less minute than Wade Taylor did, and he was productive in his time on the on the floor. Actually, he played one more minute. One more minute. Yeah, one more he minute. Played That's twenty-two right. to twenty-one, uh, and he came in. He didn't make. He had no turnovers playing point guard. That's the first thing I look at. Garcia played more minutes than Dex. Yeah, Dex was. Uh, I don't think so. I think is that right? They both played twenty-six minutes. Let's see. Now he did play more minutes than Julius Marble. He did. He did. He played as many minutes as Dexter Dennis and more minutes than. Uh, no, he didn't. Yeah, he did play more minutes than Julius Marble. Yeah, Julius had twenty-two minutes. So, um, yeah, you're getting bench production, and that doesn't necessarily have to look like. Look, somebody came off the bench. Y'all had forty points off the bench, right? Uh, but when you got guys coming off the bench and just making basketball plays, mm-hmm. doing good things on defense, doing good things on offense. You know what? A&M won that game. Think, think about this. A&M beat Auburn at Auburn by 16 points, and Wade Taylor played 21 minutes. And he was he played he, half the game. But he was really important in that stretch to get them out of that hole early. And oh, yeah, no, no, I'm not. I'm not I, Wade Taylor – 15 points, he was your second-leading scorer. had three three three-pointers. Mm-hmm. That's not a slight at Wade Taylor in the least. Wade Taylor was a major factor in that victory. What I'm saying is this team can go to Auburn and win like that when one of your best players plays half the game. Plays half the game. And, and, and Julius Marble, 22, about half the game. Mm-hmm. And, and, again, I think this team, and we'll talk to Logan. I want to talk to Logan specifically, like getting Manny Obasaki and Solomon Washington healthy. What does that do to their rotation? But in the meantime, while they are on the bench with injuries, Dexter, uh, excuse me, Anderson Garcia, Andre Gordon, Hayden Hefner, over the last couple of weeks since those guys have been injured, all three of those have made hugely important basketball plays, like you said, to win you games. And I don't think you can navigate this SEC schedule and the gauntlet, which is becoming increasingly more tough as it is in other sports. Uh-huh. You know, we typically talk about football, baseball, softball in the SEC. Basketball has slowly but surely kind of creeped its way in that direction. You can't survive this gauntlet that they're running right now without quality depth and really winning basketball plays off the bench, they're getting that. Yeah, um, they are. And they're going to get more depth from those guys coming back. But, you know, I think they're going to be as good as Wade Taylor and Tyrese Radford and Julius Marble are. You get a good good performance out of those three guys, and you're going to win games. And I really – I think – we got so much more time to talk about this, but I think we're due for a good run of form from Henry Coleman. I just believe in the kid, and I think it's coming. He's not been bad by any means. 
He's been good. I think there's a better run of form from Henry Coleman coming somewhere. Uh, well, and I had- also think that when we've seen it happen already this year, Dexter Dennis can carry you to a win as well. Yeah, I think, I think what what really illustrates how good this team is is that Henry Coleman, who is all preseason All SEC, mm-hmm. by the way, and and he's really really good, and he's almost become. The fifth guy you mentioned, yeah, and that's a good thing, sure. Because you know he, he's he's another guy that sees what Julius Marble's doing, and you know he's not the guy that says, "By gosh, get me the ball, I'm this guy." You know he, he he's just out there playing basketball, team guy, mm-hmm. and he's just doing what they ask him to do. And you know, typically, I mean, I've seen him get a lot of double doubles, ten and ten. You know, mm-hmm. maybe it's not sexy because it's not 20 and 10, but he, he's a productive player. I'm going to switch gears when we come back and do a little football with Stephen McGee. You're listening to Tech Radio. We're presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. In a band, playing one night roadhouse stands for tips and empty rooms. These boots. We should have a moratorium on Olin being able to speak within 30 seconds of us coming back. Especially if you're going to drop one of your off the air. Off the air is that's one way that I was going to describe it. I had another word. I would have said that on the air had, uh, but now see all the context is lost. Well, it's just not the same. No, go out to the hotline. Uh, and we, this is by the way, Texas Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers inside the Rollo Insurance Studios. We're going to the hotline. Join a great friend of the program, former Texas A&M quarterback, and a part-time member of the Canadian National Guard. If I understand that correctly, uh, he's a Mountie. Oh, he's a Mountie. Yeah, Stephen McGee. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we? Uh, where do you keep well. your uh, Mountie hat or Mountie hat? <laughs> Oh, yeah, oh, really? <laughs> That's at your house. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll let Olin, if he wants to disclose the joke he no, had from you know, last it's just week. Not the, it's not the same. But I'll t- <laughs> it's it's going to be pretty good, Stephen. You know, well, maybe Stephen will appreciate it. I thought it was funny. Remember when uh, last week when David brought you on to the uh, Dolly Parton music and then he started kind of making comparisons between you and Dolly Parton? Or you know, right. talk about you, and sometimes you think of what you should have said like three hours later. And I, I wish I had said it because I thought of it later. I said, you know, I don't get the comparison or the similarities. The only thing I see similar between McGee and Dolly Parton are the are the double E's. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> it was Steven, I, I'm sorry. I should not condone uh, that kind of behavior. Neither should you, as a matter of fact. Hey, so look. Brody, Brody, I tried so hard last week to, as they were talking about her, if they were going to ask me a question that was like a really black and white yes, I was going to reply, does Dolly Parton sleep on her back? But it never worked itself in to the show. But By I'm the right way, there with you, Owen. I, I like Dolly Parton's music. Just, She's just, got a lot of hits. Just want to put that out there. I like her music. Yeah. <laughs> we got to move on. I'm starting to we sweat in here. All right. Yeah. Well, you're a big guy. <laughs> Steven, I'm driving in to the office this morning. And by the way, if you haven't driven down Welburn Road recently, 
the the view is very different than it once was once you get to George Bush Drive. For the longest time, they had those old dilapidated khaki color buildings out there. Now they're torn down and they're starting construction on the new building. But regardless, whenever I was pulling in this morning, lights are on on the practice fields. That can only mean one thing at 6 a.m. Is this the worst time of year for a college football player? Oh, it's terrible. It's it's the grind because you get the the coaches are just trying to create mental toughness and <clears throat> make life miserable. It's not really about necessarily the uh, you know you know building up the speed or your strength uh, at those types of workouts. I remember Coach Sherman uh, instituted it when he got here, and we did uh, two two weeks of one right before spring break, and then one right after everyone got back from spring break, and. It was horrible, man. It was like uh, it was freezing outside, and they just make you know it's just sprinting, and for like an hour straight, they just try to keep you moving. Um, it's like the football version of the Navy SEALs. Obviously, it's not near as bad as Hell Week of the Navy SEALs, but you you get what I'm I'm saying as far as uh, it's the conditioning part. It's 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 who really wants to be here. It's it's this is the start of we've got to flush out the last season. We've got to start today uh, building a new team. Uh, that comes together. And so to answer your question, yeah, I, I mean, just I have terrible memories of those days. When Fran first got to A&M, we were on that. Do you remember that turf field that was out, oh, front, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Uh, out front of Needham, Steve? Uh, that field, so we were out there on that field doing these types of workouts, but instead of being protected by the indoor, um, it was on that old school turf field, and it was, 30 degrees. It was horrible. There's nothing worse than breathing cold air whenever you're doing tons and tons of sprints. Yeah, and with no end in sight, right, because it's January. So you have no football to look forward to for six, seven months. So I have my own memories from the baseball version of what he just said. It is the worst. But every morning, there's when the alarm goes off, Stephen, and I'm sure you were the same way, and especially when I was in junior college having to do this stuff, but the alarm, the alarm would go off at 5.45 or 5.30, whatever it was in the morning. And you look at the thing, and Stephen, I would say, I'd re- literally rather be anywhere else in the world than I am right now. But you still get up and go. Yep. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. It's um, it's like doing one of those Olin workouts at Planet Fitness. Or he's at Gold's now. He's really upgraded. But <laughs> if you've ever witnessed him on the elliptical – it's oh, a grind. It it's is. not for the faint of heart. It'll test your commitment. Owen? Well, um, that's just because, you know, th- that's the way I'm wired. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're wired with greatness. And, yeah. But notice that uh, that elliptical is not outside in the 30-degree weather. <laughs> now, I asked Stephen, I asked you that to ask you this. Is this one of the more important times for this particular football team. Yeah. I mean, there, this is the start of building, you know, you've got to get rid of all of last year. You've got to, you know, last year was not who this football team is. And the best way to do that is just to start the grind. You're going to build a new DNA. You're going to build a new identity. And it's the first day of that, new season right we're, we're trying to get to one and oh and that's the mindset these guys are taking on i guarantee it is like hey we we've got to figure out a way in which we can get ourselves in a position to be one and oh which allows us to be two and oh and three and oh and on and on 
So uh, there's just too much ability. And I think that these types of workouts, spring ball is going to be incredibly important for especially a young quarterback to get those additional reps, routes on air, et cetera. Yeah. So new offense coordinator, all that stuff. You, every day together is going to, is, is going to be very important for this team. And just getting the funk of last year out, getting that bad taste out of your mouth, Owen. Well, how much of that, of that was washed away with the LSU win? And then, You'd hope not a lot, though, right? Because you, it, because you've had guys leave, but still you were five and seven. Well, I know, but I guess what I'm saying is, you saw what you can do. I would think that guys. I mean, it's easy for me to say, right? I'm like I said, I'm on the elliptical indoors. <laughs> you would think that after going five and seven, but the way they closed, guys are would be enthusiastic about getting started again, even if it's just that part of the process. Yep. All right, Steve, we got to get into a little buy-sell lease here before the break, and if we need to go over, we can. Um, so I wanted to do, look at this from an overarching program perspective today. You can buy, sell, or lease anything in the program from the way they tie their shoes all the way up to the decisions of the head coach. Whatever you want, what are you buying? Uh, well, I'm going to buy Texas A&M's commitment to being great Uh the the ability of this program to go out and pay whatever we need to pay to get a coach to do whatever we need to do facility upgrades and to, to pack out Kyle field, the support that this university has offered the program to be successful. So I, I don't think anybody would argue with the commitment of Texas A&M to be great. OB. Uh, I am, you know what? I'm surprised myself. I I've come to over the last few weeks. I am absolutely buying the Bobby Petrino edition. Whoa! I am. I because look, I, I've back in the day when he was in Arkansas, I watched those offenses without premium talent. I mean, they had good players. Don't get me wrong, but you know, top level guys that are. I mean, they had NFL type players, but stars, no, and and, and put up big numbers and. uh the whole idea that he's going to be calling the plays and, you know, it's, it's, I'm assuming things are going to be more streamlined and you're going to get plays in faster and all those things. I am, I am, I am completely buying it. Well, to that point, I'm going to buy offensive skill talent. I love what AM's got coming back. Obviously, at quarterback, wide receiver, at running back, at tight end. I'm buying the skill talent going into next year. I think that's the safest buy right now in, in terms of the whole entire football program. Steven, what are you selling? You know, I, I'm, I'm selling that there's something underlying in the program culture-wise that just seems to be negative that they have to flush out. I don't know if it's on the coaching staff. I don't know if it's in the locker room. But this football team is way too talented to be at five and seven, to have the – kids smoking pot in the locker room after a football game to have kids driving out. There has to be something there that is a huge culture shift that says, Hey, the, the bar here at Texas A&M is to win the national championship. Anything short of that is unacceptable. That starts at the very top and it goes down to the, to the newest equipment manager. Everyone is held to the same expectation. These athletes have to know, but that's just unacceptable. We can't make those type of selfish decisions that put our team uh, in a bad position. It's culture. 
I am. You know, uh, I'm going to sell, again, moving forward, the three-man front. I hope Durkin does too. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't dislike the three-man front. I saw R.C. Slocum's defense, uh, Bob Davey and all those, have have astounding success with a three-man front. What I have an issue with is when you're uh, putting out the three-man front and you really don't have the personnel for that. When all your best players are defensive linemen and you're struggling at linebacker, why do I want to take out an extra lineman and put in another linebacker? It just doesn't make sense to me. So until A&M can go out there and show that uh, that they can play really well consistently at linebacker, I'm, I'm always going to sell the three-man front. I'm selling portal transfer portal navigation and then general reactivity – Instead of being proactive, they are reactive on the recruiting trail. I could do a whole segment, a whole show on that stuff. I'll be very simple. I'm selling portal navigation this offseason along with the aggression on the recruiting trail. Lease, Stephen, what you leasing? Look, I'm going to lease this offense. I'm like Olin. I'm kind of cautiously optimistic with Bobby Petrino. Um, He's not a personality that anybody's going to love. That's fine. At the end of the day, as Aggie fans, we all just want to win. And he's had a lot of productive offenses. You cannot argue with that. And so you combine that with one of the most talented quarterbacks this program has ever had. Um, and then a guy like Evan Stewart. Poten- is, what's, what's the story on Anaya Smith? I mean, is he come back? Is he going? Wait and he see. Stay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, wait and see. That's what I was answering your question. There we go. So, I mean, and then, you, you know, you got so much ability on that offense. That you combine all those forces. I'm incredibly optimistic about the future, especially on the offense. Yeah, I'm kind of um, leasing the offensive line. Dad gummit. Oh, that's what you're, you're a sorry dog. You know that? I, well, yeah, I know. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm kind of leasing that because, look, yeah, there were injuries involved last year, a lot of them at center, at le- left guard. But I still think even your guys that uh, – I think uh, left tackle, there were injuries involved. Mm-hmm. Not season-ending, but – Still, Trey Zoom played hurt. But, you know, on the right side, you have guys that, quite frankly, didn't play as well. But they were in their first year with Adazio, who was in and out. Um, and they played really well, I thought, against LSU. So I saw, I can remember a few years ago when everybody was wanting to run Josh Henson out of town. But in a second year, as players get to – understand what the coaches want from them and that you know they got better i don't know if that's going to happen this year but i'm willing to lease it i'll lease the situation at corner you know you're not really deep and i still think i would like to see them add one more out of the portal between now and the start of camp in the summer but the additions of sam mccall and tony grimes to go with tyreek chappelle mm-hmm. the high school guys coming in the the you know potentially the development of a Deuce Harmon, the continued development of a Deuce Harmon. I'm going to lease the situation at corner Give if they can add. I still think they need one more. But He's I'll out get, there to add. We'll see after spring ball. Right. Steven, we come back, we'll do that's bull crap. Cool? Awesome. All right, on the other side of the break, we're continuing with Steven McGee. You're listening to Tech Sags Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. Of all the songs we left off this morning, we missed Boots. 
I'm a big fan of Bruce. Ryan Broniger, Olin Buchanan, and Stephen McGee. Real quick segment here to end the 8 o'clock hour, and we got to do That's Bullcrap, presented by Timeline Plumbing. For service you can trust, consider Timeline Plumbing a great friend of Stephen McGee, longtime trusted plumber in and around the Brazos Valley. Visit the website, Timeline, that's line with a Y, plumbing.com. Stephen, what's your bullcrap? Did you guys see the Uber Eats delivery oh, during the basketball game? <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. That's not bullcrap. That's a, awesome. It's not bullcrap. No, no, no. It's not bullcrap at all. The fact that they ordered it, that the kid got into the arena carrying outside food, all amazing. <laughs> I love the effort. It's like What's bullcrap is his awareness. How do you just venture onto the basketball court right next to where a basketball play is happening as if you're – at like the San Diego Zoo looking for your little kid. Yeah, that's why I think it was no staged. The that- effort was unbelievable. It was championship effort, <laughs> but it was lacking in execution. It was like uh, the Dallas Cowboys' last football play. Uh, it, it was <laughs> just lacking awareness or execution, right? Like it, it, was almost, it was almost great on the chalkboard, but just, ah. OB? Well... That was going to be mine. Really? I don't yeah. think that's bullcrap. I think it was staged, dude. I think whoever ordered it is friends with the Uber Eats driver. He's like, how hilarious would this be? There's no way you'll do this. And he did it. Probably. That's what I think I happened. Still, well, then I still think that's bullcrap. I so. think it's bullcrap that Boots Radford has no boot NIL deal. That is bullcrap. Yeah. I mean, somebody with a boot company, would you'd think they'd be all over that. Stephen, when's now. the last time you went for 30 and 9 in a basketball game? Never happened. That's some Byron Williams numbers right there, huh? <laughs> OB! God, that's impressive. God. Who's Byron Williams? Pulled. He was a 6'4 guy that played at Burnett. Oh, okay. For uh, McGee's dad. Oh, okay. What a pull. Back in like 2000. Man, that is amazing. I saw him light up somebody at Brenham one time oh. in, a, in a playoff game. Mine like a steel trap, this guy. McGee. <laughs> so, that's oh. rusted. <laughs> Thanks, Steven. Appreciate it, dude. Love it. See you guys. Yeah, on the other side of the break, more OB until we get to about 9.30, then we'll have Billy Lucci calling in. You're listening to Texas Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.